want to second what, what Pastor's saying. Um, we covet those prayers. I, I covet those prayers personally on a personal level, and I know he does too. Um, don't forget to pray for each other. Oh, don't yeah, forget amen. to pray for each other. Hold each other up in prayer. Um, you know, I, I, I know you, we come to church and, and we do what we do, and, and, and sometimes, you know, um, it does, it, you know, we go through the motions and it kind of gets methodical sometimes, and, and we just kind of go in and out and we just assume, you just assume people are okay. And that's a bad assumption. Yeah. It's, it's a bad assumption to just assume everybody's okay, because uh, most people are going to just put on a smile. Just for the sake of saving you the trouble of having to tell you what's actually wrong with them. They're just going to put on a smile and they're going to go about their business. And I get it. I know. I've done it. I know, what you, I know why we do that. I understand it. But if somebody reaches out to you and thinks enough and is intuitive enough and the Spirit's dealing with them enough to know that they need prayer and they've reached out and they've requested prayer from you, I hope that you actually pray for them. Yes. Yeah. I hope that you actually do that. That's a... Uh, to me, it's a it's a part of maturity and it's a part of growth. And we've talked a lot about growth in here recently. Um, I I thought about it. I almost took it wrong the other day. I was thinking about it. And I thought, you know, this all this talk of growth, man. It must, Lord, it must mean that I'm not growing up like I think I am. And you know, God He grows us up. And we were talking about this the other day. You know, God grows us up in all kinds of situations. And you know, we all have to admit sometimes we're just immature in certain areas in our life. You know, we're just not where we need to be. <laughs> But there are, there are things that we have been doing, and as pastors have been preaching the word, and the word's been going forth, that there's been growth going, going forth, and, and I know that you've been growing from the word that you've been getting. <coughs> this morning was another one of those messages that took a little while to digest. It wasn't just something you just left and, and walked away from easily. It was a great message this morning, and I appreciate, uh, once again, being able to come into a church and hear a word like we heard this morning. Amen. Amen. It's, it's, it's a privilege. There was a time in my life, and, and I want to I share this with you, and it has to do with growth. And I remember as I pushed into God and I kept pushing into him, I, and I would see this. And this wasn't, I, only, I didn't see it just once. I've seen it multiple times. And I'm not, I didn't see a vision. It wasn't a vision. It was in my mind's eye. But I seen something. And I kept seeing the same thing, and I seen a table. And I've seen all these plates and all this, these cups and all these things for, for dining and for eating. And the, but there was one thing, and I could see it, and it was in the center of the, right there, at the center of the table. And I would take my hand, and I would push everything off the table. And I would take the other hand, and I would push everything off the table, where the only thing that remained was the thing that was most precious to me. And I pulled it to me. And I remember I kept seeing that. And to me, it was, it was symbolic of you've pushed away every other thing that you've been feeding on, and now you feed on one thing, and that's him. And it's an undistracted life. It's a, it's a life of, of, of undistractedness where nothing else really matters. And it's there in that spot where we do the most growth. It's, it's, it's in that, that location where we can get the furthest with God. And Pastor was talking about getting and going further with God, and that we, that should be a desire of ours. If it's not a desire, if maintaining, if simply just holding on to that one talent, if that's the only thing that you care to do, then, then we don't have the right heart. We don't have the right mindset. We're not in the right place. 
If we just want to maintain and just hold on, we want to garner more. That was the, that was the parable of the talents. It was that, Lord, you've given me this, and now let's take it the next step. And so in the midst of growth and, and trying to get as close and as far as we can with God, I find that our myself personally, I keep coming back to the very simple things. John and I have talked about this many times. It's the, as many roads that people have traveled down, and, and I'm not knocking people or churches or anything, as many roads as people take the word down and, and literally try to just get every last bit out of every last word, and I'm, I know there's plenty of things to study in God's word, but it seems like I can go back to the simple things and still <laughs> glean some of God's best right. things in some of the most simple Amen. scriptures mm-hmm. that there are. <clears throat> it's the simple scriptures that I remember when I'm in trouble. Anybody with me? Amen. It's the simple ones. It's 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 just knowing. It's just knowing that he's there. And you you think, man, after all the years that I've spent, you know, in God's word, you would think that we've gotten to the place where maybe we can move past that. But you know, just God coming to me and, and dealing with my heart and showing me scriptures and just reminding me, I just want to remind you, I'm still here. And it's amazing how much that can break you just to know that he's still there we get sometimes we get on our own and we get we get we get going too deep and we get going uh too far into life and and sometimes we need to be reminded well i want to take you to some scriptures and i want to show you some things uh and i want to start in numbers 23 about the way that god speaks to us you see when god speaks to us through his word, or to you individually, you see, that's a source. When you, when you get something that's coming from somewhere. This morning we were talking about the Holy Spirit. We were talking about the, the role of the Holy Spirit and the way the Holy Spirit works within the church and, and, and the way that he deals with an individual or a person on an individual level. And if you, if you get anything from God's word, that come by way of inspiration of the Holy Spirit. And we were talking about the, the prevalence of the Holy Spirit and how much we need the Holy Spirit to speak to us, to show us God's will. And so if you get a word from God and God speaks to you through this book right here or to your heart individually, it's coming from somewhere. It didn't come from you. You with me? A word that came from you is not adequate. It's not good enough. It had a location. It come from someplace spiritual. A place that you and I cannot see. Mm-hmm. This is why these words are so special or we should hold in high regard because they didn't come from us. I want to, I'm leading into something here. I want you to look at 2319. Numbers. Sorry. Sorry about that. Numbers chapter 23, verse 19. Sorry, I should have gave you the book to begin with. Everybody there? God God is not a man that he should lie, nor a son of man that he should repent. Now think about what the scriptures are saying here. God is not a man that he should lie, 
What is the scripture telling us here in Numbers? It is saying that God does not have the capability to lie to you. He doesn't have the capability. It does not exist within him to lie to his children. Now I want you to just, I want, I want you just to kind of lean on it for just a minute. What does it mean to you to have somebody in your life that will not lie to you? Think about that. Man will lie. And, and, and by our fleshly nature, whether you want to believe it's possible or not, some people will say, well, I don't lie. Well, you know what? Your flesh wants to. <laughs> whether, whether you want to accept it and tell me that's the truth or not, your, your flesh wants to. And, and even, in the, even in the little white lie situations, it's like you can feel it. You've been in that situation before where the boss asks you, who did this? And you know you've got the capability. It's there. You're like, it was me. But see, the temptation was you wanted to sell them out. That's your flesh. That's your flesh saying, no, you didn't do it. Protect yourself. We all have a fleshly tendency to, to make mistakes, and that's a given. But we all have been down that path, and we've all lied. We've all fallen short. We've all told untruths. We've all said things that weren't true. We've all said things to people that we regretted. Amen. Wished we wouldn't have said. Man, I wish I wouldn't have said that. And then we have to go back and clean up the mess, right? And even though, even then when you do that, though, it's like, man, I, it's like a blemish. Man, I can't, you can't never forget it. It's there. You see, God can't lie to you. He would never lie to you. The word that God has given you on an individual level from here and spoke to your heart directly, that's a true word. It came from the heavenlies. It came from a place that is not of this earth because this earth will lie. Mm -hmm. This earth will fall short. This earth will lead you in the wrong direction, but God would never lead you in the wrong direction. And this scripture tells us here that you are dealing with a God, with a father that will not lie. That's encouraging to me. It is. Tomorrow, I'm going to need that. Tomorrow, I'm going to run into something, and I'm going to need some direction. If next week, next month, next year, I'm going to need some direction. God, I need your help. And I'm going to get on my knees, and I'm going to pray, and I'm going to open up his word, and something's going to come to me. The Holy Spirit's going to point something out to me, and I can trust what he gives me. Because he's never lied to me. Amen. He's never lied. He's never told me an untruth. He's never sold me for falsehoods. The, the church has dealt with so much over the years and dealt with people and dealt with situations and scenarios. And I'm, I'm telling you this, and I'll tell you what the inspiration of this message is, is that the church, the church, God's people, got to come back to taking God at his word. Mm -hmm. This is the origins of faith. The origins of where our faith is at. It's believing God for what he said is possible. If God said it, then it's true. Amen. And we don't debate it. That we don't keep flipping it over and analyzing it and wondering, is there a better way or is there another option? Do I agree with that or I, do I disagree with that? We all are serving a God tonight 
that thinks enough about us not to lie to us. Amen. Praise God. So in turn, he deserves a response from us. What do, we, what do you do with something like that? If, if you had a friend on this earth that never lied to you, he, that individual would deserve commitment. Amen. That individual would deserve your best. But see, you have that friend. You have him. And it's Christ. It's our Father God. And he's never lied to you. And the scripture plainly states this, that God is not a man that he should lie, nor a son of man that he should repent. Has he said? And will he not do? Or has he spoken? And will he not make it good? The scriptures are telling us here that God can be trusted at his word and that we can take him at his word and that we can believe that what he said will come to pass. Now, I know a lot of times when we think about God's word and what will come to pass, we think about it in the prophetic view. And while that is extremely important, when you hear, when you look at the scriptures and, and we study and be talking about it a lot lately, Jesus is going to return soon. You believe that, correct? Amen. That's a, that's in line with the prophetic word. But let me let me let's let's switch gears a little bit though. What about the now? What about today? Do you believe that God can heal you? Amen. That's the now. That's not tomorrow, that's today. Do you believe that God can deliver you? That's not tomorrow, that's today. We have to believe God's word, not just in the prophetic manner, because as we've spoken here before, yes, I believe that Jesus is returning soon, but I've got a war that I have to deal with right now. Amen. I've got things going on in my body that I have to deal with today. <laughs> we got aches and we got pains and we've got uh, things going on up in our heads and all of these other things that are taking place. And we've got to also, not just take God at his word prophetically, but we have to take his word for today. What does God's word say that is allowed to me for today? He told me that by his stripes, I am healed. That's what he said. He said that whatever I ask in his name. Now, given when I say this, you understand the context. I'm not talking about wishful thinking. I'm not talking about a wish list. But if I ask anything in his name within the context of God's word and in his will, he said, I'll do it. And do you believe that? Yes. These are promises. The church coming back to believing God's promises. He said, I said I'd do it. And if I said I'd do it, I'll do it. See, our needs, your needs tonight, your needs that you have tonight, whatever those are, are directly connected to what God said that you can have. Whatever that is. You see, it's complex too, because every one of your lives are complex. It's got all these intangibles and all these things that you're dealing with. You got you got family issues and you got you got issues with the kids. You got issues with the extended family. You got issues on the job. You got issues with the body. There's all these things that are going on. But we get into God's word and that we find that he is telling us and speaking to us by scripture and saying that what I have told you, you can have it if you believe it. And so it's left up to us to actually believe him for what he has said. Now, if you look at the early church, you look at Acts and then you follow that through, and, and I'm not going to 
hash the whole thing out. I'm just, I'm just saying that if you'll notice that the, the book of Acts is a good example of believing God. Uh, how do I, no, let, me, let me rephrase that. It's the innocence of faith in the, in, to see the way that people believed God in the book of Acts. To see the way people believed God at the beginning of revivals. They, they, there's no complications. They just simply believe him for what he said. And they said, if you said I can have it, I guess I can have it. And there's such an innocence with it. I believe that's where a lot of the power is gone, is the church has stopped believing God at his actual word. At his actual word. Believing that they can be healed. Believing that they can be filled with the Spirit to the speaking of other tongues. Believing that what he said will take place and happen. And there was, I mean, we know scripturally that there'll even come a time when, when they would say, all these things... You say that Jesus is going to return. Where is he at? Where is he at? You can see a group of people somewhere starting to disbelieve. We've got to mark ourselves and make sure that it's not us that's falling into disbelief. We've got to make sure that it's us. Uh, we're all familiar with the scripture, the effectual fervent prayer of the righteous man avails much. We're all, we're all familiar with that prayer, right? With that scripture. Mm -hmm. The effectual fervent prayer of the righteous man of as much. And you look into the, the meaning of that scripture, that's a fiery prayer. But a fiery prayer of what? Of unbelief? Of of um of of uh going down your wish list and asking for the things that you want? No. Oh no. This is a prayer that falls into the will of uh, into line with the will of God. And this is fully connected to a belief that he's going to do what he said he will do. Amen. A God that backs up his promises. His promises. Now, let's look at uh, another set of scriptures. Let's look at Isaiah chapter 41. I want to take you through just a couple scriptures in chapter 41 of Isaiah. And what I want to do is, is I want to look at these scriptures with, with zero doubt. With zero doubt. I just want to look at them and let's unpack them. And let's take a look at it. What would it be like to live these scriptures without doubt? Knowing that God is going to do what he's going to say. Or knowing he's going to do what he's told us. And look at how these scriptures apply to us on a day-to-day -day basis. Right? Problems are day-to-day, -day, right? Amen. And you know God knows that. He knows it. He knows your situation changes uh, uh, sometimes from hour to hour. <laughs> One minute we're on top of our game, the next minute we're not on top of our game. One minute we're excited about praying, the next minute we're not excited about praying. You know what? God understands that. He does. So look at this. Let's look at 41 and 10. A very familiar set of scriptures. You've heard these scriptures before. And the, and the scripture says, fear not, for I am with you. Remember, he's a God that doesn't lie. Right? Amen. His God doesn't lie. So it's 100% factual. He said, do not fear because I am standing right beside you. Wherever you go, he's with you. That's his promise to you. He promised you that. He said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. I am going to stay with you. What does it mean to you to know that he's never going to leave your side. What's that mean? 
That's fine. Someone go ahead and answer that. That's okay. What's it mean to you to know he's never going to leave your side? Rick. I just feel like he'd be the best friend I ever had. <laughs> Anyone ever had a friend like that before? No, you haven't. Because with, because with people, there are limitations. There are limitations. For him to tell you, I will never leave you, it, it dives even deeper than just the fact that he's with you. He's saying, I will go to all extents to stay next to you. Nothing can pry you from my side. No matter what happens, no matter what you say, no matter what you do, I've paid the price and I will hold up my end of the bargain. I'm not going anywhere. You ever feel lonely? Feel that feeling. I'm talking about a feeling. A feeling. The feeling of loneliness. Surrounded by people. But still feeling alone. It's a real thing. To know that you've got somebody who understands that. He understands. The innermost parts of who you are. I'm, I'm, look, church, there's no doubt. There is, there's a deep well inside your heart of things that you've never told anybody. You'd never mention a word of it to anybody. That's perfectly fine. We don't need to know. But God knows it. And I know the reason that we don't tell people those things is because we're embarrassed of them. We're embarrassed of that deepness of that heart. We're embarrassed of how dark and black that thing is. But he still promised, I'll never leave you. What kind of a friend is that? He knows the garbage. All of it. And it doesn't matter to him. He knows what you're capable of. Knows that you're probably going to blow it. Knows that you're going to make some mistakes. And he said, it's okay. I'm right here beside you. What promises we have and are operating in tonight. These are things that I, I'm, I'm telling you this. I hope this is an encouragement to you. And maybe, maybe you've doubted. Maybe you've had some questions. Maybe you've wondered about things. And, and the inspiration that went into this is that we have to come back to these very simple things, very simple principles of believing God that he is with you and that he'll never leave you. Even in the midst of feeling lonely, even in the midst of feeling abandoned, God said, fear not. You just know, it's okay. You don't have to be afraid. I am with you. Don't be dismayed or overwhelmed, confused, for I am your God. See how that, you see, that's personal. I'm your God. They've been debating lately about whether there's life on other planets. This debate's been going on for a long time. This has been crazy talk uh, for the last couple years and talk about whether there's possibility of life over here and life over there and all this stuff. And I said, man, fooey on all of this stuff. I'm getting tired of listening to this stuff. Because when he addresses me, he addresses me personally. I don't know about anything else out there. I don't really care about anything else out there. All I yeah. care about is that my God loves me. And he said, I'll never leave you and I'll be right by your side. I will. Don't be overwhelmed by the circumstances. Don't be, don't, don't be taken or smitten by the situations that are going on in your life. I'm your God. And that should mean something to us. He says, I will strengthen you. Why would he say that? Why would he tell you that you would need strength? Because you're going to get weak. 
I'd ask you to raise your hand if you feel weak. We'd probably get a pretty unanimous vote because weakness comes in a lot of different forms. The weakness of the mind, the weakness of the body, the weakness of the spirit. Um, there's, there's a lot of different ways that we could look at that. But see, when he says, I will strengthen you, and I, have, I can attest to this, and some of you, I know most of you can too. I'm, I know I'm not uh, telling you something you probably don't already know. But that strength that he gives is so sufficient. It's a, it's a, it's a strength that I can't, even, I can't even put it into words because I couldn't even put into words how weak I felt. I, I couldn't even get it across. It's like, how do I even ask for prayer? Anyone ever been there before? How do I even ask for prayer? Because I don't even know how to tell you how deep the hole is and how deep the confusion or the frustration is that's going on inside of me. That strength is so sufficient that it will touch that deep part and that deep well of your heart to let you know he knows your weakness. And man, isn't it a relief to know that he knows? Right. Mm, it's a relief. It's like I wanted, it's like I wanted to tell you, God, but I didn't have the words to say. And he's like, it's okay, you don't have to. You don't have to say it. I know. That's a promise. That's a promise. He said, I'd strengthen you. And so tonight, if you feel you feel weak and in a weak, a weakness that you cannot explain, a weakness that you're probably not going to share. A weakness that you keep to yourself, God knows. He knows. Mm -hmm. He understands the temptations. He knows. He knows the battles. The devil comes to seal, kill, and destroy. Now, I know a lot of times what we do is, is because of our past and because of the things that we've been through, sometimes the past gets all of the attention. We've got to make sure not bring that back. We've got to make sure and stay away from that. We've got to make sure to, yeah, I get all of that, and that's all important stuff. But you you got to understand, he knows and gets where those weaknesses are coming from. And you got to know, church, that strength is sufficient for you to make it day in and day out that you can maintain your victory. You can maintain it. But it's not going to be your strength. It's got to be his. One of the greatest things that ever happened to you, Pastor, I think you mentioned, you may mention this this morning, or something like this, is, is coming to that end of yourself. Finding that that the the final piece of yourself that's just exhausted. It's like, Lord, I've had enough. I can't take no more. Anyone ever said that? Amen. Amen. I can't take anymore. That's the best thing that ever happened to you, because now God's strength can be perfected in you. It can, it will actually begin to manifest itself, because now your strength has failed. Now you can get out of the way. <laughs> now, now you can move you out of the way, and God can can now lift you up with his strength. He says, yes, I will help you. Anybody, anybody need some help? Help. Help. What's help? Most people don't like help. Yeah. Oh, that's... <laughs> no, no, I was just going to say, most people, most people don't like help because... We want to do it ourselves. And I don't know if you realize this yet or not, but the reason, it, that is directly connected to pride. It's directly connected to it. We don't want no help. We don't need any help. We don't want to let no one else in. We build a bubble around ourselves. See, God's help is the kind of help that comes along and says, you can't do it without me. You cannot do it without me. 
Now, that's something that, as a Christian, I'm, and I've been doing this for a while, I've been in this for a while, and I have to be constantly reminded that I need God's help, and my, what I do is not good enough. You leave me alone for a little while, I'll start thinking independently again. I'll start thinking that, you know, it's, yeah, I can do it. Oh, look, Lord, I've got it. He's like, no, you don't, you do not, can't not do it on your own. Not in your own strength. It's got to be his. And so he promises to you, he promises this to you, that I'll strengthen you and I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Now, we were talking about this earlier. We were talking about the effectual fervent prayer of the righteous man of much. He says, I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. You see, Amen. what you have to understand is, is, and we talked about this in here before, is that we talked about the expectations and the things that, that we do for God. And, and our lives are to be lived for him sacrificially, doing everything we can Amen. to serve him. Everything to, to the point of give out. Because I understand that I know that my personal righteousness is like filthy rags. I get that. I get that the righteousness that all comes from him. But he set these things up and he said, Tanner, what I'm asking you to do is, is follow me because I gave everything so that you could. I done everything for you. I paved the way. I gave my son. I forgave your sins. Now I'm asking you to give everything you can. To follow me. And so you have to search yourself. You have to search yourself to find out, am I really giving everything that I can to God? Or is am I holding back? Am I not giving him everything? Or am I taking God? And this was a conversation I think I had with my family recently, or maybe it was Haven, that God is more of an option now to people. Even in a church. That God is more of an option. He's more of an additive. I got a good job and I got a good family. I got a good life. And uh, I go to church. I go to church. No, you don't go to church. You serve the Lord. And because of that, you go to church. You see, if you're not careful, church becomes just an additive. It's just something you add into your routine, hoping to make it to the end of this thing, hoping that your attendance record will be the thing that's approved by God, hoping that all those things, and I'm not knocking that, that's good stuff. But you don't go to church. You love the Lord, and because you love the Lord, you go to church. Does that make sense? Does that make sense, church? We have to distinguish that, Amen. and we have to understand that as God is lifting us up and upholding us, that He is doing this uh, through righteousness and through His His ability to provide that to us. But we've got to live it out. Okay. Last set of scriptures. I want you to turn to the Gospel of John. Let's go to chapter 16. I'm going to jump right into the middle of this conversation here that disciples are having with Jesus. Let's look at um, Gospel of John 16, 20, let's go to 29. His disciples said to him, 
See, now you are speaking plainly and using no figure of speech. Now we are sure that you know all things and have no need that anyone should question you. By this we believe that you came forth from God. Jesus answered them, Do you now believe? It's an interesting quote because he had shown them so many different things. And it was, I'm not going to say he was being sarcastic, but he was, he was kind of just kind of dropping them a little hint here. He's like, oh, so after all of this, and now I do that, and you say you believe now. Oh, come on. So he's saying there's more to it and to believing than just the fact that I stopped using figure of speech, and now you understand what I'm saying. And so, but watch this. He said, indeed, the hour is coming. Yes, has now come that you will be scattered each to his own and will leave me alone. And what he was telling prophetically was... They're going to seize me, and they're going to take me, they're going to crucify me, and it's going to scatter all of you. You all are going to leave me, you won't be around me, everything is going to be an upheaval. And he was telling this, that this is coming. And yet, I am not alone, because the Father is with me. These things I have spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation. He said, he's telling them, and I said this this morning, that there are certain things that I believe that as, as Christ spoke these things to the disciples, these were certain threads that we'll never be able to get away from that were themes for the church from that point forward. They just were. They were. It was like this is the establishment of what the identity of the church is. And, and one of the identities of the church is tribulation. That's one of the identities. It's like you're not actually in it unless you're going through it. Does that make sense? You serve the Lord, you're going to go through some stuff. Yeah. And he was telling them, he said, in the world, you're going to have tribulation. He wasn't just talking about just because you live in the world. He said, the church in the world will have tribulation. Amen. You're going to have to go through some stuff. You're going to have to deal with some things. He said, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Amen. Now remember, we're talking tonight, we've been talking about promises. And coming back to the place of believing God at his word and believing what he said. And so this scripture here, as, as he's educating them and telling them basically how to set their expectations and set them up correctly, he said, you're going to go through some things. And you're going to deal with some things. So let's take tribulation, for instance. We can pretty much scatter that throughout your whole life, couldn't we? Tribulation everywhere. At all different corners of your life, you've had to go through all kinds of different different things that you could identify as tribulation. Now, he says here, this is the answer, or the inoculant. This is the thing that he injects into the conversation as the answer. He says, look, be of good cheer or be happy. Whoa, hold on. We're talking about tribulation and happiness. Usually, they don't go together. Well, happiness here, he's not talking about necessarily you just having a smile on your face. This is an internal thing. This is a spiritual thing. This is something that nobody can take away from you. He said, be of good cheer because I've overcome the world. Promise to you. That's a promise. Mm -hmm. I've overcome the world. I've beaten it. And that's the answer to your tribulation. I've already walked this walk. I've already defeated it. I've already beaten the whole system. The whole thing has already been done for you. All you have to do is believe it. That's it. It's just believe it. I realize that it's easier said than done. I get that. Tonight's lesson was to remind you. A simple reminder. A simple reminder of the sacrifice 
simple reminder of the promises, a simple reminder that, yes, we're struggling against some things, but for, for some reason, we have to be reminded over and over again. And for, maybe somebody in here just needed to be reminded over something quite simple. Just come back and just believe what he says. No more debates, not even... And when I say debate, church, I am talking about you debating other people. I'm talking about the internal debate. The internal debate. The thing inside of you that's pulling one way and this pulling the other. But what about this? And what if this? And what if that? Anyone deal with that? The internal debate. <laughs> Let it rest. Let it rest. Let it rest on God's spoken word. Let it rest. If you haven't found your scripture, go looking for it and find it. Write it down. Five of them, ten of them, fifteen of them, twenty of them, whatever it is. Find your scripture and write it down and rest on them. Rest on those scriptures. When we rest on God's word and what he has said, we can actually find the peace that he's promised us. Um, most of the problem with our peace is not that we're trying to get it. It's, it's that we have it, but we're constantly giving it away. Does that make sense? Through Christ, this peace that he's talking about, it's rightfully yours. Yours. You own it. Because of Christ. You own that peace. But what we do is we give it away through our debates and through our lack of faith and through doubting and not taking God at his word. We give the peace away. The only way you can maintain that peace is if you believe what he's told you. If we believe it, if we'll stand on it, we can have what he says.